Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Fresher and Parlands, episode Ooh. number 20. 20, we're 2 oh, I had to change the graphic. That 2 is pretty big, just like our show. What'd you think? I was trying to, like, really blow it up. I was trying to really It was get... kind of like a wrestling match a little bit. Next Ladies... thing we work on, the, um, like, uh, auctioneer. Those are always impressive. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> But yeah, so we're trying instead of the commenting thing for any viewers that we have that are watching now, we're uh, live tweeting it. So we're watching Twitter. You can put comments on there. We can answer them. Plus, they'll be immortalized in tweets. Yeah, hashtag FAPTime, at Fresh and Par, just so people who don't know what our Twitter... Yeah, the at Fresh and Par part. At Fresh and Par, hashtag... Fap time, half tag, whatever you really want to have. I mean, the hashtag is like, yeah, it's cool, but we're not like filtering or anything, so that's going to be our hashtag. That's a good one, right? Tweet us yeah. about what you think. <laughs> yeah, hashtag fap time. Hashtag, yeah. what do you think? So uh, tonight, I'm having a little, a little of the brown juice, but it looks just like light gray here. Yeah, I, I also grabbed a cup just to, you know. Compete or whatever. Yeah, so I, here, let's give a little cheers. 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 Oh, wow, amazing. Yeah, so uh, I think uh, we wanted to get in, like, one more episode of underage drinking before we were legal. <laughs> I know. Yeah, because next week's 21. Whoa, my camera. Whoa. Oh, oh, I didn't even didn't even catch on to that. Whoa. Uh, so how was your week? Welcome, uh, welcome everyone. I'm, we have one viewer. I'm very glad that you're here. Thank you for... Uh, being part of the show. Uh, if you want to, again, again, tweet us out or come to our Facebook page, leave a comment there, but we prefer Twitter. We're trying to be more multimedia. Yeah. Um, so, Mr. Fresher, how was your week? It was pretty good. I went to Portland this weekend. It was exciting. I went to a lot of cafes and restaurants. It was uh, my friend's graduation. What uh, What were they graduating from? What were they graduating with? It was actually, it's my friend's friend, so, but uh, they, I think it was like physical therapy or something. Physical therapy, huh? Yep, it seemed like it, but yeah, they have some pretty cool deck bars that we checked out. That's cool. Probably, yeah, most notably, I went to uh, Stripperoke, which is stripper karaoke. And uh, from, so please tell the crowd, because uh, the first time you thought, I wish I could be more shocked about this, but just I, like, because you already I told me. I was me. looking, I was like uh, going for the shock there. Like, I know, what? I know, but you already told me, so it was ruined. So why don't you give give an example of... Uh, so I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't really sure what to expect either. I mean, strip clubs in Portland is like a whole thing, and it's like supposed to be, you know, cooler or whatever. <laughs> but, uh, well, they're supposed to be more naughty, is what I hear. I hear that's supposed to be more like a normal thing or, you know, like, it's okay in Portland. It's, like, classy or something. Well, not classy, but, you know, not as sleazy or something. Anyways, stripperoki. You, there's, like, basically a pole dancer, stripper chick on the stage, and then you go up on the stage with her, but, like, off to the side, and then you sing your karaoke song, and then she strips to your karaoke song. So, I mean, how many songs did you sing? What did you sing? I only did one. Because, uh, I mean, it was more intimidating than I had expected. I didn't really know what to expect. I thought it would just be, like... Actually, I don't know. what I thought maybe the strippers would be doing karaoke. I don't know. I guess that doesn't really make sense. But 
then oh, watching like the strippers go up to people hardcore and they're all stripping on them and stuff like while you're on the stage. So that was kind of intense, but I didn't. They didn't do that to me. So, well, but uh, let's see. Yeah. I sang. What was it? Teenage Dirtbag. It's my safety song. And who sings Teenage Dirtbag? It's Weedus. Weedus. Yeah. So, I, I think right now this is a tweet opportunity. I think Mr. Fresher missed out on an opportunity to sing something that was totally dirtbag and totally appropriate for Stripalooza karaoke. So there's a bunch. My friend is super into singing like rap songs, and there's a lot of rap songs about strip clubs, but they didn't have any of them. He did like the um he did the low 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 whatever one if you know what that one is I I kind of know that I'm not really too this is my blind spot so you know <laughs> people talk about always Mr Fresher has the blind spot mine is hip hop I have like rap. a billion blind spots yeah um so but that one was super esque yeah I here's the thing I if this, they might as well they could have ten strippers sometimes I get into the stripper I get into my karaoke zone. Yeah. And there's just no turning back. All I see is the lyrics. I'm I am one with the music. I there's it's like you know when they talk about game, you know, game speed or whatever professional yeah, athletes like when they're you're in the moment for karaoke. Yeah, that's how I am with karaoke. So you th- there's probably bed strippers around me. I have no idea. I just get into it. Oh yeah. And there probably has. I wouldn't doubt it. So, yeah, I know it was kind of like, you know, if I had done that's why I wanted to do a song that I knew because I didn't want to have like a song that I wasn't that good at, and then have to focus on a stripper and the words at the same time. So what you were or saying I is you had focus on the words and have a stripper take my focus off of them. You had performance anxiety with the stripper. I did kind of. Oh. I, don't know, so I, just wanted, I went with a safe song. Yeah. So I have a I have a karaoke story. You want to hear it? I would love to hear a karaoke story. So back in the early two thousands, actually late nineties, late nineties, I had a set of karaoke songs that would ultimately lead me... It would lead me to people wanting to beat me up and um, throw me out of their karaoke bar. Yeah. What was so, the set? So it was... I don't remember... I would lead it with something, like, easy, like something that was not... Um, I don't know if you know this, but when I was younger, I was a rattle rouser. I caused problems. I did not know that. Yeah, I caused problems. I was, I was that guy. But not like, I wasn't belligerent, I just like to provoke people to be belligerent because I couldn't... So, um, the the set would be something normal. Like, I would start with maybe one or two normal songs, right? Maybe yeah. a Beatles song, like, I would do, like, Revolution, or uh, maybe, like, Born to Run, Bruce Springsteen, or just something really, like, barred, like, Neil Diamond, something just, like, you know, totally easy. Like a, yeah. Totally classic get the crowd into it kind of stuff, right? Just people love it. I have a, I have a pretty good voice. I'm not going to lie. I have a pretty good voice. You have a, you have a very good voice. So I then I would go to um, Christina Aguilar's Genie in a Bottle, okay? Yeah. And I could do... I have this, like, uncanny ability to do that, like, that weird... Oh, yeah. I know. Your voice is, you got to do more voices on the show. So I could do that I'm a Genie in a Bottle thing. And I would sing that song, and guys hated that. Especially, so I was doing this in Pennsylvania and Jersey, like, full of, like, kind of in, in bowling alleys, where, like, they're singing, like, country songs, and, right? Awesome. So that would get them riled up, right? That would get them riled up, because, you know, they'd be yelling 
you know... Get off the stage! Well, they would say a lot worse than that. They would say (laughs) a lot worse than that. So that was the lead-in. That was like the the body blows, right? Yeah. And and then I'd fucking clean it up with... um, Did you get booed off? No. Well, sometimes. Sometimes I did, yeah. (laughs) Then I would... I would I would I finish it off with um, uh, ironic Alanis Morissette, and I would do it in a really performance artist kind of way, kind yeah. of, almost like a talking word version of it, where I'd be like, "It's like rain on you," like really terrible, just do it <laughs> really bad, really, do it really, really, really bad. Just terrible, and then just at the end, at the very last, it's like rain on your wedding day kind of thing. I would just lose. I would just lose it. I would just tear into it and just like rip my, essentially just try to tear my vocal cords out, pretty much, just screaming it at the top of my lungs. That was like I would do spoken word into like full on primal scream therapy kind of stuff, and and then the, the people would just they couldn't handle it. They couldn't handle it. And then I would take, after I finished the song, I would take the mic and throw it on the ground and just walk and walk out. You threw the mic? I mean, that would piss off the... No, not throw, but just, like, drop it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, drop it. And I I never stayed for the reaction because my friends knew it was coming. I would drop the mic and I would just walk right out of the bar. (laughs) that's That's a pretty asshole thing to do. Yeah, so I would. I've done. I did it on. So here's the thing. I didn't know what I was doing the first time I did it. So the first time I did it, the I essentially we had to leave. Yeah. Because it was, it was just too much. It was just people were like, they, you know, you're queer, like all the bad things you could possibly say to someone for singing Alanis Morissette essentially in a bowling alley, yeah. and uh, a man anyway. Um, because this was like right at the, you know, the backlash of a lot of kind of stuff just like and um, this is like 2001 so you could imagine and then I, I learned I learned to hone the act I learned to hone it and like the second time I did it and I think I've done it I did it three times the third time I did it I did it in Scranton PA at Southside Bowling Lanes the South I think it was Southside Bowl was yeah that was the third time that was the last time I've ever done it oh and I had it already set up I was like I I can't remember exactly, but I was like, We're, as, soon as, the, as soon as the song is over, I know it's going to happen. You just, just walk out. Just walk out. But <laughs> yeah. this, one I, this one, I did a lot of body blows. Like, I did, like, maybe three or four. Of How like, did you even get that many songs in? Was it just not busy? Wasn't that busy. Like... Well, it's not like Seattle. Scranton, dude. Yeah. It's like a bar, maybe, like, really small bar. People who are from Scranton, who know, they know the bar. They may, someone who's watching the show may have been there with me. They may verify this. Um, so afterward, I just, you know, drop the mic, get the fuck out, just go, go out, right? Yeah. I was, this is when I was at college, I wasn't even in, I wasn't even in, um, I wasn't even living there anymore, and I went to Dunkin' Donuts, like, four days later. Yeah. And... What did you get called out for? Huh? You got, like, that's that karaoke guy. Better. Girl at the counter comes up to me after I ordered my coffee. She's like, I saw you at Outside Bowl doing karaoke. You were amazing. You were amazing. Best show ever. <laughs> that's awesome. So anyway, that's that's my... that I used to be really into the, the karaoke kind of stuff. 
just like performance artist karaoke. I, there was a guy in college who actually got me into it. He had a, I forget what he called it, but he had a name for it. Um, but it was all, uh, it was avant-garde karaoke. Yeah. It was just like a really kind of, um, kind of performance artist karaoke, and that's what turned me on to the whole thing. It was just like that, turning. Like he did it just places, or there was a place that like specialized in that kind of karaoke. No, it was he ran a karaoke night, but the thing is, is that he and his buddies were in on the joke. People would come because they like karaoke. Yeah, and so then it was like it was like a performance artist performance of karaoke stuff in a place where people just were coming because they like karaoke. So he would advertise to the people in like the the media, like so Tisch School of the Arts. We had like a, a a media center or whatever. Yeah, and um, and a performance essentially performance artists were in there. They had a school, like, a, um, there were people who just did, like, those type of performances. So he would advertise on that floor with, like, some of the cinema studies where I worked, and he was a co-worker. Oh, so that's how they got the performance people to come? So, yeah, so he would advertise to them that it's a performance artist karaoke night, and then the bar itself would just advertise it as a karaoke night. <laughs> so then all the people would come in as karaoke. Yeah, so then all the people would come in as karaoke, and then you show up with your group, and it's kind of like a, uh, you know... You go in and you do your crazy thing, and then like you w- kind of walk off the stage, whatever that is, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's 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 my karaoke. I story. did not know your karaoke history. We should go to karaoke sometime. I am a I am a beast, dude. I am. A I beast. just like I usually don't sing, and then I only sing like a couple of songs very poorly when I am drunk enough. One of my favorite songs to sing is. They don't usually have it as the Fresh Prince theme song, but it's oh, literally yeah. like 30 seconds, so it's like super short. So uh, It's a crowd pleaser, though. It is a, that is a crowd pleaser. So I went to... Our, we had a sales organization karaoke. Yeah. And um, this is what, maybe a year ago. A lot of people showed up from the Newsline office and stuff, and there was... A, I started singing uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Light. Yeah. The, the Meatloaf song. And then, like, a female coworker came up and started singing Paradise by the Dashboard Light with me. Yeah. And about, like, halfway through the song, it got really awkward really fast because, we're, like, you realize you're talking about having, like, your first sexual experience and I'm going to marry you because I really, you know, you know, let me sleep on it, you know, kind of thing. I know that's... That's totally like in the uh, Arrested Arrest, Development. Arrested Development where they're singing, um, yeah, yeah, it was exactly like that moment. <laughs> but they just keep doing it yeah. in front of the family and stuff. Right, and, th- and we kept doing it too. And then afterwards, afterwards we're like, Peter, let's just like never talk about that ever again. Let's just like for, just forget <laughs> well, that it ever happened. publicizing it on our YouTube show now. That's true, but I didn't mention who it was, and I didn't mention what company I work for. So, boom. That's true. So, I like how uh, now people could research those two things. Yeah, we have three viewers, by the way. Three, Whoa, three viewers. Yeah. Everyone yeah, so, remember, at Fresh and Par on Twitter, that's where we're taking stuff. Yeah, we're taking uh, Tom live. Is, uh, Tom is tweeting it up. He's done a couple during show tweets. He has. Oh, what has he said? I, I don't see my new tweets. He uh, was nominating me to be Teenage Dirtbag now. <laughs> and... Uh, he was saying there's no demand for you singing, and uh, I rightfully t- tweeted back that you're the best singer. <laughs> I, I, probably between myself, Tom, and you, I, I guarantee you I have the best voice. 
Definitely. I mean, you have so many voices. I was telling the other day you need to use more of your voices on the show. I do. I do. I'm genie in a bottle. You did. You did. You did the one just a second. All right, whatever. Uh, <laughs> I think you could be like a voice actor for cartoons or something. I we need to have a cartoon that. segment, and you do all the voices. <laughs> and then funny. I'll have like a character that's just my normal voice because I can't do any other voices. <laughs> so it's like a Disney movie. It's like but my a, voice is somewhat car- uh, cartoon-esque anyways. I agree. I think, you're, uh, I think your voice is excellent. Why not? I just only have the one, though. That's the thing. I think you have more than one. You just you just haven't you haven't unearthed the. I haven't explored. Yeah, you haven't found your thing. You have to practice. I started trying to do a Seth Rogen the other day. You know the guy from. Um, yeah. Oh, you did one earlier today that was perfect. Uh, it was a singer. Um, who was that? Oh, it was Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips. Oh yeah. That is that. By the way, that is an audio. There's two people on this. They no one knows what that is. No that one. That was really good. No um, one knows the Flaming Lips. Everyone knows the Flaming Lips. Um, I doubt it. I doubt anyone knows the Flaming Lips. Um, what? Well, uh, well, anyways, it was really good. So, uh, I also, speaking of graduation, your friend got a PT. I want to, I think my cousin, uh, I'm going to throw it out there. I know he's not watching, but I'm going to throw it out there. Maddie. Maddie he, call, he graduated college uh, from uh, Rowan in, uh, I believe it's in Jersey. So, congratulations, Maddie Sims, for uh, moving on and commencing. Woo! Congrats. Yeah. School. Congrats, Maddie Sims. Yeah, proud of him. Proud of him. Uh, so anyway, uh, that was it. You did stripperoki. I, I, no one, no one commented. No one gave a better. I would have done something so. I would have done warrant cherry pie. Something just like salacious. Like that's meant to be like, oh yeah, like you know. I know. I mean, it's just like I don't have as large of a repertoire of songs that I can actually sing. That's, well, you don't need. That's the beauty of it. At Stripperoki. And I was already pretty drunk. I didn't want to like totally because it was a lot of people. It was really busy. Here's the thing. No one's looking at you. They're all looking at the stripper anyway. What does it matter? But they're dancing to you singing. <laughs> I guess. And so, like, if like if you're like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't like totally. No one totally, uh, you know, didn't. You know how like usually like a lot of times when I'm at karaoke, I'll just go up and like do a song I have no idea what it is and I'll just like make up words or like not sing like half of it or just hum or something. Like there was none of that going on. It was like... I see. I feel like there's... Who was at one of the performances of my performance art karaoke? He is a South Jersey karaoke legend. (laughs) <laughs> That's a good title. No, like he, for, really for real though, he is South a South Jersey karaoke legend. He is a South Jersey karaoke legend. He enters contests and I think he plays and wins and stuff. Like he has a show. He does it. He's like really he's known. It's like him and this other guy. Again, I'm speaking like I know South Jersey this well, but him and that there's like, like a, there's a guy who dresses up like Skeletor. What for karaoke or just yeah, for karaoke? Town? Karaoke night, and he, they're the two icons of South Jersey. So that's pretty cool for karaoke night. Matter Wait, fact, do you know them? I know Steve was my college roommate. Oh, nice. So he, as a matter of fact, he visited. Wait, does he know the uh, the other guy? What other guy? The guy who dresses up. No, I don't. Probably they probably run not in the same circle, but they see each other in karaoke night. I don't even know the other guy. I don't know who that is. So, oh, but yeah. I just I just know he exists. So, um, he so he came here. He went to he came to visit me, and like he was clamoring to go to karaoke. And I I he had just moved. I had just kind of moved here. I've been here. I didn't know where to go. Had I known, I would have taken him to some place and 
saw yeah. the full... Yeah, because he's got much better. As a matter of fact, he actually did vocals on a number of songs I wrote. Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, so... Um, Anyway, speaking of music, uh, or voices, the voice finale happened this week. I wasn't paying attention, but I yeah. Know were, I, I know you weren't paying attention, and I'm just going to briefly touch upon this, because maybe we have four viewers, my friend. Four oh viewers right now. I, I, like, I like that it's like, usually every once in a while I ask, you know, do we have any viewers? And you'll be like, no. <laughs> and now you're just, I like the announcements, like, four viewers now, we got viewers. <laughs> so, um... The voice finale happened on Tuesday, and I have nicknames for them, so I'm going to just speak to them as if there was Troll, Pumpkinhead, and Pippi Longstocking. Pippi. Those were the three, but that's not their real names. But there was a little girl, and then there was like a country guy who kind of had like a pumpkin head, and then there was a troll-looking dude. And um, the, uh, the... the, the, the winner of the show was just, it completely went against all of my, who I thought should have won. Really? Yeah. And, we, well, and my wife and I were completely um, taken aback by the winner of this season. Um, however, it was the first time that either Adam Levine or uh, the, oh man, the country guy, Blake Shelton, so they're the, they're the standards. It was the first time one of those two didn't win the show. Uh, Usher, Usher, the coach, won. So that was kind of surprising. Um, huh. Wait, anyway. there's coaches? Wait, I, I mean, is it like Dancing with Stars? Okay, so this is, for everyone who doesn't know, this is uh, this week uh, in Parlance teaches fresher about pop culture. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to teach... I don't know the shows. I'm going to te- teach Mr. Fresher quickly okay. about, about the voice. So here, here's the basic format of the show. Um, there are blind auditions where the coaches, there's four coaches. Usually it's, it's Adam Levine from Maroon 5, Blake Shelton, okay, who's a country singer, and then there's usually two random ones, right? Like, uh, yeah. Well, it's not random. It used to be CeeLo and Christina Aguilera, but they're off. CeeLo's off, so now it's Usher and um, Shakira. Okay? Wow. That's crazy. So, so they have four chairs. They're facing opposite in the blind auditions, hence the name blind. Oh, so they, yeah, they can't see. So they can't see who it is. So you could be fat, you could be ugly, whatever, it doesn't matter. It's all about the voice, okay? So they come up and they do the blinds, and if they like you when you're singing, they hit the button, they turn around, okay? Yeah. And then they see who it is and like, oh, I didn't expect that, or whatever. And then if multiple coaches spin around, then the... So if they don't like it, they don't get to see them? They don't, they don't, you no, know, they'll turn around at the end and they'll tell them what they did wrong and why oh, they weren't picked. Wow. So if you get picked by one, then you obviously get that coach. But if you get picked by, if more than one coach turns around, then it's on you, the singer, to choose who you want to be mentored by. Huh. How long do they mentor them? So, well, for the duration of the show. So there's, I think, maybe six or eight weeks of live shows. Six weeks, five, I don't know. But it's probably like 12 weeks or something. Wow, that's pretty long. Well, there's the whole, like, taped segments, and then there's the live shows. Yeah. So there's the taped segments where they do battles, and they just wean down from, like, maybe 30 down to 15 or something. And then um, and then the lives are maybe 12, and then they go down to... The last show is, is three. So I don't, And they usually drop one or two a week from that 12. So you were disappointed with the one that ended up winning? So I was not disappointed with who made the final show. 
Wait, did you say that one of the judges won? Yeah, so the the coach, the coach, I didn't say the judge. How can a coach win? Well, the coach is the coach, essentially the coaches celebrate and they try to win too, right? Because they want the prestige of being the winning coach for the following season. Oh, so, oh, they win at being a coach. Yes, so Adam Levine <laughs> I thought and, they just won like the show or whatever. That would be messed up. So Adam Levine and Blake Shelton have been on every season. I think they've done five or six seasons now. They've been on yeah. every season. There's been, a, like, Christina Aguilar and CeeLo, I think, did three, and Usher and Shakira did two. Uh, so it's five seasons. So the thing is, is that every season, it's been either Adam Levine or Blake Shelton. This year, finally, this season, finally, someone other than those coaches were the winning coach for the winner. So can there be a different winning coach than the winner? I don't know what that means. Like, the person who has the winning coach also wins. Well, it's, it's like a prestige thing because then when they come back, then more people want to be with them because then – and so they get the better talent. Do you understand? So then they have a better chance of winning. And that's why it's like kind of like uh, winning begets more winning because the, the people who come on and do the blinds are more apt to select the coach that won last time. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, so it's a team and then the team wins. Right, so it's a team, exactly. So it's team Christina. I thought, like, if you have, like, okay, you win coach, but you win the singing thing. Right, so that, no, the coach coach gets, like, a fake trophy or whatever, but the real winner is the person who won the show. The real winner is the audience. We were not, they were not winners. So they do live, so here's what I hate. One thing I hate, they added in a live tweet save. Oh, that's what we're doing. Yeah, but here's the thing. The show runs live on the East Coast, so by the time oh, it comes to... Oh, that sucks. Yeah, so there's no live tweeting for half the nation. That's annoying. It is totally annoying. Totally annoying. Oh, speaking of live tweets, Tom, you're not using our hashtag, FapTime, even though we said <laughs> you didn't have to. <laughs> you kind of do, actually. <laughs> uh, I'm calling it out. <laughs> um... So anyway, that that's kind of like that was actually my week. I, I you know I haven't really done. I'm I'm my tomato plant one actually two of my I have five tomato plants and I know people don't like me when I talk about this, but I'm they're my babies right now. I have two of them flowering. So I'm, nice. I'm, I'm I didn't I, even know tomato plants flower. I think they flower before they get the fruit. Speaking of plants, my uh, cherry plum tree is uh, like having the cherry plums on them. I think I'm gonna. Pick them pretty soon, and my two cherry trees also. The cherries are just starting to get red. I'm excited. This is the first year I had cherries on them. You should br- you should bring you should enjoy some on the show. I might. So I will actually. It's not, I mean my cherry trees are extremely small. I think they'll only be like 20 cherries per tree or something. So I have a blueberry bush that approximately I get a handful of blueberries per bush. Per, so it's like I, I water it, I prune it, I do all this. It's 20, chair, one, 20 blueberries per bush. That's how <laughs> stupid it is. But they're organic probably. Yeah, so this year I'm, I'm actually fertilizing with fish, fish fertilizer. Oh, that's cool. So is it's that... like this, yeah, it's like this brown sludge that you, it's in concentrate that's made from like So fish. in talking about, you were saying people don't want to hear about plant stuff. Yeah. Is it, uh, do people like bird stuff more? What bird stuff? My birding talk? Yes. I've never got a complaint about the birding. I've only I, got compl- I mean, yeah. I don't mind either, but I would think that birding would be less popular than gardening. 
That's true, but I haven't brought up much. We talk about cutting the grass and our shrubs every week. That's true. Yeah, so... To the, the point of things that we haven't talked about in a while. How far are you on your 46 books you need to read? Haven't read a book in a month and a half. I know, that's really long. You're not going to make it. You're I'm only not, on, like, I'm, 14... I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. Here's what happened. I got caught up in catching up on old episodes of shows that I've just been, I've been... I'm off it. I'm off the books right now. You got you to gotta keep on. You need the 40-whatevers. 46. I, have, I think I was at 20-something, so I still have a chance because it's not even June. Well, it's I know, that's true. Yeah. You could do, like, once it gets cold again or something. So, speaking of plants, but not really, <laughs> Soylent. Soylent. Yes, I'm really excited that I got on the ordering list. There's a waiting list, but for the new food supplement, or the food replacement, Soylent, which is pretty cool. So explain to everyone what Soylent is. It's basically en- engineered food that it's... Uh, it was an, uh, an experiment, or a project that a guy did by himself because he thought it was dumb that, like, all of the diet people and, like, all the nutritionists and stuff, there's no just, like, base food that you can eat that's, like, has all of the nutrients and stuff, like, for your body and, like... But we you can get all those nutrients separately, like, in powders and, you know, whatever, like, chemical-type stuff. But so he uh, experimented it and got all the levels right, but he got something that was actually workable, and he's, like, been eating it for a long time and does doctor check Like, he's a nutrition... I don't know if he's a doctor or whatever, I don't know. But he basically is doing it for, uh, like, uh, humanitarian sake, that he thinks people shouldn't, like, rice and beans shouldn't be the cheapest food. They should have a cheaper food replacement that is, like, more sustainable and cheaper and, like, more long-lasting and better for people. So, like, the overall goal is to make it cheap enough that it could just be, like, we don't have to worry about food. Like, food will be covered for people, but then if you want to have whatever you want, you can have that too. It's just like there's a baseline. And that's what Soylent is. And but so if you want to eat something and if you're hungry but you don't like want to make something or like think about what to eat or like get like all of your like uh you'll make it like a balanced meal and everything, you can just drink that. It's like a protein shake except for that it's not a protein shake. It's just, you know, all the nutrients you need. Like for like you can customize it but they made the general one. So did, did you get, so I was looking at, after you sent it to me, I, I was looking at it. Did you get the powder or the one with the oil? Uh, well, the powder has the oil in it. It's just um, that if you get the oil one, you can, it's uh, vegan. No, the oil one's not vegan. The oil I has mean, like, it's like the oil one, like you, it comes separate or whatever. Yeah, because it has fish, it has fish oil in it. The other one does yeah, not. So, like, the vegan one has the oil separately, and the regular one has the oil already in it. So I looked at it, and uh, I'll be I, for, like, I think in in practice, I think the idea is amazing. I yeah. just think in actual, I don't think people are just gonna want to eat a meal. Well, like, I mean, I think that there it. is a large set of people who do, but I think they're always shut down by food people who think that it's like messed up. Like, one of the arguments, like, for even the third world, that, like, this would be something that would help starving people is that, like, they're going to lose their food culture because it's going to be so much easier and cheaper that, like, they're not going to do their traditional foods and stuff. 
which is valid, but then also they're not going to die. So here's what I think. I think the, I like the idea of powder, right? Because it's you know you, you can transport it easy and like all that stuff. And it lasts a really long shelf life. I'm gonna one of the other reasons I was gonna have it. Sorry to cut you off. Is that okay. for emergency rations? So it lasts over a year. Like I mean, it's probably the nutrients degrade after a year, but it would still be usable. But if you had that on hand, like that's way better than like a, you know, re regular emergency rations. They're not as balanced. Yeah. So here's the thing. I still don't think people are gonna want to this powder. Like oh, late night snack. Let me go mix up some uh, you know powder in a in a thing. I think they should make it shaped like a cheeseburger. I think you could. That people made pizza. That's what I'm saying. But, you got they got to make it look more appetizing than a powder, because otherwise it's just like a protein. It's like a weightlifting shake or something. But the point of it is not to be necessarily appetizing. I mean, it's like supposed to be the most efficient. Like they're not really marketing it. They're trying to like, you know, make it good at, like, make it as cheap as possible and as long as possible and as nutrient as possible. Ah, I get I get that. I get it. I want it to be like the Jetsons, where it's like you have a thing and then you pour a little water and it's like, bloop, and it's yeah. like an apple. It's an apple. Or it's a cheeseburger. It's a chicken nugget. I know. That would, that would be cool. But no, but, I, I think it's amazing. I think it's great, and it's all chemicals, right? There's no actual... I mean, I think, like, I was looking at more, there's, it is all, like, um derivatives of stuff, but, like, it's not, like, um, it still does use processed plant products. But it's, like, I don't know. I didn't, like, there was, I didn't read that much about it. But, oh, the other thing that gives it credibility to me is that it's not marketed, so they're not trying to make it, like, super sellable per se. And it's also, there's, it started out DIY, so there's a whole site dedicated to links to where you can get all of the ingredients and how to formulate your own. And you can totally mix your own, which is how it started. But then they just have the prepackaged ones, too. Well, here's the problem with the name, is that, and why they shouldn't market it at all, is that Soylent Green was a movie about eating people. So that Soylent, Soylent Green, people will just assume that it's made from people. I know. Two, it's called Soylent, but there's no soy in it. I know. Well, those are the two first things that they say. But I think that it's still... Even, like, for the badness of the name, like, the images, I think it would still make it more popular. Like, people would be more intrigued by it because of that. If it was just named something totally new, I don't think it would be as relevant. So I think we were joking that it would be funny if um, you just did lines of it. To just, okay. like, get, yeah, just to get your, you know, I need a, ah, it's like a midday snack. I'll just do a line of Soylent. Um, that would be pretty cool. But I, I'm curious. I'm. I think we should. I'm gonna track this when you I get know, it. I know. So, right now, the they wanted their supply chain to be pretty solid because it, it just started being commercialized. So, I'm on like a. It's like a 10 week waiting list for my order to come. But then everyone who's already getting their orders, they you can you get your next order like continuously within one week. And so you could have a continuous supply for the people who are already getting it. Got it. So it's like a save, uh, subscribe and save kind of thing. Yeah, and it is a subscription thing, so they just send you more. So, so I'm excited to see what it's like. So yeah, Even I think it's like not super cool or whatever, but I I think when we uh when when you get it, we sh when you, you bring it to the show. I will. 
you can mix it, and you can literally eat or have a meal uh, through the show, and then you can tell us how you feel as you're doing it. There's already a lot of YouTube videos like that, but yeah, but they're not our. They're not our show. People aren't they're going out. There, yeah, people aren't going out there looking for soy. And plus, they're not talking about karaoke. While they're eating, I know it's like they'll get tied in and be like, "Oh, Soylent, hey, what? I heard karaoke. I'm going to keep listening." <laughs> right, exactly. Right. It's like a, it's you know, it's not just the one part. Yeah. So, uh, so some news came out today, and I don't know if you're a fan of the Harry Potter books. Are you a fan of the Harry Potter books? Um, I, I've never read any of them. I think I saw like one of the movies. So you essentially you haven't read any of them and you watched one of the movies, so I'm going to safely assume you are not a fan of Harry Potter. I'm not, I'm not against it. Oh, you're not against it, but you're just not for it either. So, again, you're just kind of neutral on this topic. I'm, I'm Harry Potter neutral. So, this is big news. This is big news for a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, there's, a new tr- there's a plan right now for a new Harry Potter trilogy. Yeah, that's crazy. But, like, shocked? what about the actors? Like, it's, they're going to be too old or something, right? Well, here's the thing. It's not even going to be starring Harry Potter. How is it a Harry Potter thing? Well, is it even going to be called, like, have, like, from the world of Harry Potter or something like that? I'm sure that's exactly how they're going to market it, but I'm trying to get the name of the... So here's, here's the scoop on it. Um, J.K. Rawlings wrote a book called Fantastic Beats, Beasts, okay? It was, she wrote the book for, like, a celebrity auction or something, and yeah. then I think then subsequently they they may have mass market released it. Okay, so the Fantastic Beasts and the Art of Finding it's essentially a textbook that Harry had at Hogwarts, which is the the the, the wizard school or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay, so, I know that much. If you're like filling it in for me, right? Well, I'm just in general. So she wrote this book. It's fifty some pages, fifty six pages. It's a pretty short book. They're turning it into a trilogy. It's <laughs> ridiculous. So she's she's writing it. She's gonna write the screenplay. Okay, for all yeah. three movies. Is it I, her first screenplay? Because the other ones were just based on her books, right? I believe this is her first her first um, screenplay, and all, I think Quran uh, or whatever the 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 Gravity guy. I think I'm not exactly sure. One of the famous um, directors who had previously directed one of the darker uh, Harry Potters is, I think, on board to direct it, or Helmet. Yeah. And it's essentially... So the book is written by this character, and I don't have the name, and I'm sorry, you can look it up, uh, uh, who wrote this fictional textbook. So what I think they're going to do is they're going to go, and they're going to... The main character is going to be the author of this book. Oh, it's gonna, oh yeah, that's crazy. Who's going to go back, and he's and the experiences he had to find the Fantastical Beasts to write this book. Do you understand? So it's in yeah. the world of Harry Potter, but it has nothing to do with Harry Potter. But it's about writing this book. That's right. Oh, uh, which, Harry which, Potter had this book too, or not? Yes, yeah, so the, the book that was auctioned off or whatever, and I think even released, had it was his book. It was property of Harry Potter. And yeah. the you know, people have dated it, so they kind of think it's between years four or five or five they and six. They did it from the books? Yes, because in the notes uh, on the thing they make reference to very specific things. Like, there's stuff written in the margins of the of the book. Yeah. Because it's Harry's copy of the book. So, uh, people dated it that it takes... That, the, that his book that he had took place at a certain point in the series. Huh. 
So yes, so that part of people crazy. So here's what I'm doing. This you know what this is? Driving? No. That is milking the cow. That is milking oh. the cash cow of Harry Potter franchise. Because you know I mean, why wouldn't they? That's the thing. Is like, doesn't she have enough money? I think she's like, like the top. She's like the most famous, if not the most. She's not the most wealthy. Isn't she she's like the richest person in the UK or something. Probably the most, the richest woman, because I'm sure there's. Well, actually, I don't know. The queen. That's sexist. The queen probably <laughs> raised. Think about it. I don't know. The queen's probably pretty wealthy, but. Oh yeah, huh. Right, but I think the, a lot of people richer than the queen, though. I guess a bunch of their stuff is priceless, though. So like, it's like invaluable. So properties and everything. So she is milking this this cash cow, but you know, here's the thing. You know, in in 15 years, dude, they're gonna remake these Harry Potter movies again. Oh yeah, huh? It's, it'll be like Spider Man. There'll be like three of them. There's gonna, you know, they're gonna remake them all. Like, and so, and you know what they're gonna do next time? Wouldn't they know? Like, if the first one's a big hit again? Oh, they're going to make this one tie into the future ones? No, they're going to, like, you know how they made uh, the last one, which I think was book seven or book six or whatever, how they made it, uh, like, two parts? They'll probably probably just make every movie, every book a trilogy. So there'll be potentially, like, 21 movies. That would be crazy. That's what they're doing. That's all they do now. They just that's what they, that would maybe be the TV series. No, well that's that's thirty years from now. So there's thirty years from now, there's going to be a Harry Potter be TV series in thirty years. You want to bet? I'll take that bet. One dollar. <laughs> one thirty years from now, dollar or one today, dollar. One today, dollar, and just for inflation, I will make that bet. I'll do one thirty-year dollar. Okay. Thirty years, dollar. Deal. Deal. I think in 30 years there okay, will be... Okay, what's the date? It's uh, the 22nd? Yeah, so in, in 2044, by 2044, I believe there will be, have been, a Harry Potter TV series. <laughs> All right, I'll take that. Boom. All right, you heard it here first. Yeah. I wish that it would be cool if like there already was one, and you're like, boom, already have it. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, no. What about an animated series? Uh, Harry Potter and Friends. Crap, man. I don't know. I let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to do that because CGI in 30 years might be just indistinguishable from reality. So I have to include animation. Yeah, but well, that's okay. Yeah, if there's any Harry Potter TV show, I guess yeah. it's cool. So uh, speaking of CGI, um, how about this Paul Walker situation? I know. Yeah, that's intense. They're using like. Shooting everything three times or something? Yeah, so... two brothers and a stunt person? I'm going to fill people in here. There was this actor named Paul Walker. And he died in a fiery car crash. It sounds like a poem. You need like... the Fast and Furious. And yes, I'm serious. He died in a car crash. But to replace him in the movie requires a lot of cash. So that's it. That's all I'm rhyming. That was pretty good. I'm impressed. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they're 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 using his brother, one of the two brothers, one for eyes. His the brother's eyes apparently are close to Paul Walker's, and the other brother because they have the same body shape. I'd be kind of disappointed if I was doing this whole thing and I knew they were only going to use my eyes. Like you're acting out all the scenes and stuff, and like. It's literally like they're just going to like edit out your eyes. So I have this story. 
I don't know. I guess I could talk about it. So um, that's the thing. Now that he's in the movie, he gets a SAG card. He gets what? A SAG card, like a Screen Actors Guild card, because he's in oh, a movie. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah. So now he'll be an Actors Guild. He'll be officially an actor. So what anyway. Get that? Is that cool? Yeah, you get royalties and benefits and shit like that. It's like a big deal. Huh. And then you work for scale. You're no longer a, like a, you're no longer a scrub. You just you make you essentially make scale wage. That's when, cool. Yeah. So like when. No extras uh, aren't. I know. Well, okay. So he gets to be in that. Yeah. So well, whatever. But yeah, it'd be suck. But whatever. He was doing probably not. He was probably he probably was Paul Walker. He probably just went to clubs. And he was like, I'm Paul Walker's brother. And that's all he did. That he's was like, probably... look at my eyes. Yeah, yeah, look here. Can't you tell? Who is this? Who is this? <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, so, the, so and then they're using his eyes, they're using the body, and they have a third actor for, I guess, just the head, the back of the head. And then, um, and then they're going to do facial CGI over people's faces. Yeah, it sounds like super lot of trouble. Yeah, so like they're... a main character though, right? Yeah, and they're apparently they're only making subtle changes to the script. My guess is the subtle change is he dies. That's the subtle change. <laughs> um, the uh, you know, and then they're using the the people who did um, the, uh, Weta, the 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 Peter Jackson's um, the crew or whatever. No, the special effects team that did all of the Hobbit and all of the you know sm- uh, smog and and Lord of the Rings. They're the special effects team that's responsible for recreating the 3D Paul Walker. Huh. That's... But so the thing is, is that they you said they're doing three camera takes, right? Because they have to do it like three different ways to get so that they have the appropriate way to do the 3D modeling and stuff like that. And apparently, it increased the budget by three. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's crazy. So now, uh, I believe it's Warner Brothers. I believe is filing an insurance claim for $50 million because the budget for the film has, got, has ballooned to $250 million. I know, that's crazy. Do you think they could make it back? I wonder how much it will raise their premium. Uh, I don't know how much it will raise their premium, but here's the thing. Fast and f- this, dude, this movie is going to be huge. It is going to be ginormous, and I'll tell you why. Why? Paul Walker died. That's all it is. That's all it is. He's dead. It's just whenever someone dies and the movie's halfway good, there's that extra momentum going into like he it. He died. Like, and then there'll be the story that, like, you know, halfway through this movie, like, he died and then they had to finish it or whatever. Exactly. Uh, and, again, good movie, Heath Ledger in Batman. Oh, yeah. God, and then it came out. I mean, he was in one last movie, Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus or whatever, that, that Terry Gilliam film. And yeah. the absurd thing about that one is, is that Terry Gilliam just essentially was like, shit, he died. I'm in the middle of the thing. And because it was kind of this weird, kind of like surreal experience, they just had a bunch of actors come in and play him. Like three really? or four actors. Yeah. They were just like, whatever, we'll just go with it. <laughs> so... Um, I don't know. I think I think this is the future. I think the future is digital actors. I think Speaking the, of that, did you see Michael Jackson hologram? Did not. I didn't see it. That was a. It was at some music award. I don't remember which one. I Who saw did? it like by chance on TV. It looked, I guess, pretty good or whatever. My friend said his face looked like too computer generated or whatever, but 
I thought he looked pretty good on stage because he's dancing with a bunch of real dancers. So did what was the song? Was it the new song? Uh, he has a. I don't know actually. I don't recognize. It wasn't. I didn't recognize it. I guess so. It must have been neat. So I know people. So they just released posthumously. They released a new Michael Jackson album. Yeah. And so you know what's crazy? I saw this whole thing. I think it was on 60 Minutes or whatever. It's actually been around. So Michael Jackson, when he died, was yeah. his estate was mismanaged. Big time. He well, I mean, like, it was his like death stuff or whatever with his doctor and everything. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about him being murdered or whatever. I know, but like just in general, like it was, it started out being mismanaged. So no, but I'm saying like he he had he was building theme parks in his backyard. He had pet monkeys. He had yeah, he had crazy you know, stuff. He just did. He had like arcades filled with. Essentially, he was. He just spent more money than he had. Okay. Really? Than he even had? Yeah, he was in massive debt, like millions no of dollars. Yeah, but, but he was borrowing against future earnings and all this shit. <laughs> Once he died, this dude took over his estate. Who? I mean, he had family. It's the guy who was put in charge, just some lawyer dude. And yeah. he, he's not only got the estate out of debt, it's made more money than ever. It's such yeah. as billions of dollars since Michael Jackson has died. And Michael can't see a penny of it. A penny of it. But what about any his family or whatever? Well, his family's going to get it. Yeah, but my point is is that it's kind of like... Uh, I, this is a terrible... It's not, but my point is, is, is like, just if you're Michael Jackson... Just fucking go to... Who cares? Just spend whatever you have because some dude at the back end is just going to take care of it for you. You know what I'm saying? So, anyway... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did it the right way then, right? Yeah, he... Exactly. He went out Owen. You know what they say? Don't leave any money in the... in the... in the... in the the piggy bank when you're dead? Just, like, the last... Literally, the last penny should pay for your funeral and that'll be it. Yeah. Um, Michael Jackson didn't even have a piggy bank. He was borrowing from someone other person's piggy bank, and then some guy came in and just like freaking ripped it up, millions and millions of dollars. No, wait, totally, it wasn't mismanaged. I thought you said it was mismanaged. After he died, it was totally taken care of. Like some guy came in and it was like, yeah, Michael didn't know what he was doing. He was just oh. eccentric and just wasted his money and didn't take advantage of any of the stuff that he could have taken advantage of. And, yeah. just, and so, like, they're releasing posthumous albums, they're licensing songs. You know, Michael Jackson owned the Beatles catalog. I don't know if you know this. Be- Michael Jackson owned a shit ton of, of licenses to songs. Really? And he didn't do anything? He didn't do anything with it. He just sat there. Why do you even bother? I have no... This is crazy. Because it was cool? Yeah, he bought... He told Paul... You know that song, Ebony and Ivory? Yeah. Dur- I think it was during... When they were making that, Michael just like, hey... He went to like Paul, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to buy your songs. And Paul was like, ha, 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 sure, sure, sure. Thought it was a joke. And he just yeah. bought them, bought them out because the, the, they came up, I guess, under capital EMI or whatever. Um, and he bought the, the Beatles stuff, the, the, the earlier Beatles stuff. So, yeah. anyway, so that alone. By the way, I love your Michael Jackson uh, impersonation. Terrible. It was terrible. I'm sorry. It was pretty good. So, um, anyway, yeah, that, that, that Michael Jackson, like, this is the thing. Michael Jackson wouldn't even be on that stage. He like if this was Michael Jackson was still alive. I know, yeah, it totally probably it would have been all crazy. Like it, it would, the hologram been, is probably better. Yeah, Michael Jackson would have been watching that on his 3D television with a giraffe in a hyperbaric chamber. That's like 
that's, that's a pretty good image. So that, that that's that's what you know what I'm saying. That's or like you know with the doctor with the syringe on standby. Just like definitely. So, um. So anyway, look, I, I thought it looked pretty good though. Anyway, back to holograms. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of holograms. I wish that they just were cooler than like mirrors or whatever. Like, help me, Obi-Wan, you're our only hope? Yeah, like that. Like, actually free-floating in the air and stuff, so you could, like, walk up to him. Yeah. So I think it's about time. I think we have to talk about our review roulette. Review roulette! Plus, I did finally... I haven't done all of them, but I did post it on our website. So you can look at our old review roulette, and it's linked straight to it on the video and everything. But only one of them, because I've only done one so far. Yeah, and the website is www.fresherandparlance.com. So be sure to, yeah, so fresherandparlance. Don't go fresherandparlance.com. That won't get you there. It's www.fresherandparlance.com. And uh, we are going to promote watching our show there, and then we'll have a Twitter widget thing so you can tweet. It'll be all in one. You don't have to be different places. Yes, yeah, so uh, for those of you who don't know what Review Roulette is, is that each week, uh, Fresher and Parlance, that is, he is Fresher, I am Parlance, randomly select a movie from the Netflix catalog. The following week, we review that movie. We give you one week to watch the movie with us, and then you can follow along at home when we review the, the movie the following week. At the end of each show, we pick a new movie that essentially after our review, so again, that we pick a genre and do the kind of stuff that we always do. Uh, this is a terrible explanation. I'm usually much better at it. <laughs> yeah. um, um, so anyway, last week's movie, actually two weeks ago, because I didn't watch it last week, so we skipped a week, was The Doomsday Book, a South Korean movie. I believe it was 2010. Yeah, it was pretty new. And I have to throw it out there. I don't remember everything about it because I did watch it two weeks ago now. <laughs> so sorry about that, but I did get to it. It's Last understandable. I missed one week earlier also, and we didn't even redo that one. Yeah, it's fine. Um, kind of be glad you missed that one. I don't even remember what it was. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 get to it. What, I what thought, first off, it was crazy that the production uh, of this was Lotte Entertainment, like the candy company. I didn't, I didn't even notice that. Because it's like, a, you know, it's like the Korean thing, so... It's crazy those, like, Korean and Japanese companies that just do everything. Like, Sony, like, they have heavy industry. They do electronics. They do media. They, like, it does every, every company over there does, like, everything. So it was actually 2012. Ooh, that's even more recent. More recent. So, um, yeah, so back to that. Yeah, I think that's, I think SoftBank, do they own a lot of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, SoftBank. SoftBank, like, has a lot. There's mostly electronics, but it's not... I don't know. I don't know that much about it, I guess. So, um, so anyway, Doomsday Book. So, the basic premise of this film was... Uh, it, I, we've seen this kind of thematically in this type of genre in uh, American film, but it was essentially three separate pieces directed and written by three separate writer-directors. Isn't that um, how the, um, the Grindhouse one was? Possibly there was another one called Four Rooms that they did this in. I think there's been quite a few uh, films where multiple directors come in and yeah. they do a piece of it, right? Um, so the first part uh, was a zombie story. Yeah. It was a, I thought it was a fairly good zombie story as zombie stories go. 
So this overall, one... I like the style of the movie in general. I thought it was pretty well done. Okay, let's let's we'll talk overall. Let's talk each piece and then we'll talk overall. Okay, sorry. So, so I always I always mess this up. I always mess this up. That's right, I'm not. So let's do it because I, I this so the basic premise of this one is a zombie. Essentially, this guy's a scientist who works for the government. I'm sorry, no, he works in the military. Actually, he's in the military because in Korea you have to do I think three years mandatory military service. I guess. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure. Um, and he. He's on holiday or like long weekend, and his family's going away somewhere on a trip, and they leave him a whole bunch of chores because their house is filthy, which is weird because it's it's un, I don't understand why it's so filthy. He's cleaning up the house. He finds a rotting apple. He throws that rotting apple away. That rotting apple he then consumes like a few days later in his liver at the barbecue restaurant. Because, like, some animal ate it, and then they cooked the animal, and then the liver of the animal is the one that they ate. And he eats it, and then he gets the disease, passes it on to a bunch of other people, and then there's a massive zombie apocalypse type thing. Yeah, it's like it makes them zombies. And then at the end, he's a zombie, and everyone's walking down the street, and he sees the girl. There was also a little bit of a love story. He sees the girl walking down the street. He walks up to her, and they... He pulls her aside in a very zombie love story kind of way. They go to like, the mall. They're totally, like staggering and like they don't know what they're doing, but they have like the subtext thing. Like, are they going to remember or whatever? Well, they have um, yeah, they had sub they had subtitles because I think the zombies actually had thought, but they couldn't speak. Yeah, so the guys, I guess. Um, and he, she's like, he's like, do you remember me? Will we remember this? And then she picks up an apple, which is also rotting, which I don't. She gives him the rotting apple, and then he bites it. His eyes like crystallize, and then that's the end of the that's the end of the first one. So I would assume that they like went back or something, or the next stage. Yeah, they were like zo- zombie squared or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> I liked in that one particularly that they they had a lot of different like depictions of first person view. Like they had drunk view and zombie view from like people walking around. And with, like, all of the edges of the screen are hazy in different ways and stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. Got it. Um, here's what I... Here's my feeling on it. I didn't find it to be a particularly good love story. I didn't find it to be a particularly good zombie story. So I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I mean, I thought the style was cool. Yeah, the stories were just, you know, mediocre. Kind of cheesy. little cheesy. Okay, so that's my opinion on that. I did actually... I actually found the main actor to be kind of funny. Um, Yeah. But it was... It was... um, You know what else was funny? So you know when he's throwing away the food into the food basket and it's, like, totally gross or whatever? Yeah. And it's, like, this big deal? And, like, two minutes later, they show the trash man come with no problem, just pick it up, whatever, and throw it in. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um... So then the second story, um, this one was a little bit more... Actually, I think the second story was my favorite of all of them. Yeah, it was a, the robot one, right? Yeah. So this one was about a robot who uh, was sentient, or becomes sentient, and he's Buddhist. He's a Buddhist robot. And uh, they, for whatever reason, I don't even know why, but a guy... Well, think, kind of, so they started out, they went into it because this robot started, yeah, being Buddhist or whatever, and the whole thing is they had the 
the company sent the robot repair guy out to repair it because they thought, like, a robot can't be Buddhist, it must be malfunctioning. That's the premise. So he comes in, he does some diagnostic text, tests, turns out that there's nothing wrong with this robot. It's just sentient and a Buddhist. Yeah. He's, he's at one with the earth. Um, he's enlightened, if you will. Yeah. Uh, so then there's this, essentially this very dramatic, overly dramatic scene where the CEO of the robotic company comes, the second in command, plus a bunch of military or whatever, yeah. security guards, and the... the but the, so before this part, they did the whole, like, test thing to see if it was, like, the return of Buddha or whatever, like, in his soul, because, like, the reincarnator or whatever, and it, it was him. He was saying that he was Buddha returned and stuff, in his soul or something. So here's the thing. I don't remember that scene. But totally I, believe you, I believe you that it was there. Um, that was, like, the main part, because he said that he... He was, and, like, he was enlightened again and whatever, and, like... But, yeah, the part where they're all coming in and it's intense. And then he seems like he has, like, superpowers, basically. He's, like, controlling the environment. I don't, did he control the environment or did he shoot... Because he armed something in his arm and then went like this. And then... Yeah, he didn't shoot anything. It's like he, like, had... He was basically, like, Neo-style, where, like, he just could control stuff. So he... So here's the thing. This They have this very dramatic scene where... The CEO comes in and essentially says, look, dude, humanity hasn't evolved at all. And we can't handle shit as it is. I, I am the CEO of this co company, and I'm telling you right now, you can't handle robots being sentient and around us because it's yeah. bad. <laughs> and what we do is we gather these robots, we dismantle them because humanity can't deal with this shit. Yeah. So they set up a situation, and this that's like 20 minutes. By the way, I just summed up 25 minutes. I know, it was like a lot of build-up for that. <laughs> so then he's like, shoot him, or whatever. Like, dismantle him. Yeah. The, guy, the robot's like standing silently, kind of a little bit more belligerent because he's like sentient and doesn't want to be told to do. And he's he... in the temple too with all of the Buddhist people like kind of trying to protect him. Yeah, so they're in the temple. He, the, the guy somehow does his neo and stops the guards from shooting him. Then the guy that was a, um, a the, the inspector or whatever, the, the yeah. steps in front and says, you can't do this. You can't do this. I don't know why you can't do it, but you just can't do it. Yeah. And the CEO is like, shoot them, shoot them, blah, blah, blah. Then finally the, the Buddhist guy is like, you know, the, I'm sorry, the Buddhist robot is like, F off everyone, although he didn't say F off because he's a Buddhist. But he, like, was, and it was also all in Korean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going yeah. anywhere. You're leaving. So then he, he turns around, walks, parts the crowd of Buddhist monks. Yeah. Stands in front. But he does this whole, like, super deep speech thing about how, which I thought was pretty alright, about how um, people, like, have this, like, the you know, luxury of sentience already and, like, we are already living in, uh, you know, uh, what's it called, nirvana, just by, like, existing, and he, like, was given the gift of it or whatever and, like, some sort of deep thing like that. He essentially said, if I, I'm going to get this wrong, but it was pretty much the gist, which was, when I came into this world, you were already here and already had enlightenment, so me existing 
is part of that enlightenment, and shouldn't you offer me the same opportunity that you already have so I could experience enlightenment kind of thing? I think that was pretty much what he said. Like, you should let me be because you already have what it, what I I feel want. like he said it a lot more, less accusatively, though. Well, I'm just saying. Like, I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, I mean, it was, like, all deep or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I was trying to be a little bit more... Spiritual. It was more direct, explaining what he said. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, he parts he through the Buddhist monks up to the front, and he does, like, a hand thing and starts, like, praying or whatever. And then, like, uh, he says some more stuff. And then the re repair guy opens his head up. Well, no, no, he kneels down in front of the altar and then just kind of, like, stays there. Yeah. Go on. And then the Buddha, I mean, the repair guy opens his head and checks his, like, little circuit thing. And he's like, he, uh, he self-terminated. All of his functions are off. Right. So essentially, it's like he's. I you know. I don't know if you. There's this famous image of the Buddhist monk self-emulating, burning himself, committing suicide. I don't know if you remember this. No. Which it's one's very, that? It's a very famous image from Vietnam in the. I think it's the 50s, where oh, they, the they were. They were no. no, no, no. They were persecuting Buddhists in the South Vietnam. And yeah. they, they were, essentially, there was protesting. They would kill themselves. They would do suicidal protests where they would kill themselves. And I think that was kind of a little bit of an homage to that, where it's like, you're not going to let me exist, but I'm not going to give you the satisfaction to persecute me and dismantle me. I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. Okay. So he essentially commit robot suicide. But so that was the end of that one. No, it wasn't the end of that one. No, wasn't it? No. There was a little subplot at the end where it turns out that the guy who does the testing of the androids is actually an android, I think, we think. Wait, I thought he just had the arm thing. Well, it was up in the air. Yeah, I guess. I, I didn't get that, but I can. Yeah, I guess that would be extra meta. Yeah, I think it was kind of like a Blade Runner thing. It's like, you are also an android kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, which was my least favorite of all. My least favorite. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, the last one was my least, least favorite, too. So essentially, it's the... So all of these are supposed to be Doomsday Book. This is essentially scenarios where the world ends. This one was a meteorite crashing to the Earth. Yeah. And but it was because this little girl had uh, lost her uncle's or dad's, like, eight ball or something. No, she was ordering a special, like, birthday eight ball. Or something. Yeah. But she, instead of ordering it from eBay, she ordered from an interstellar planet that delivered a giant meteorite the shape of an eight ball with her, like, initials and some messaging on it. <laughs> I didn't remember the initials messaging. Yeah, they were, they were like, the first images are here of the thing, and then it was like, on the back of it, there was a bunch of things, and like, we're not smart enough to understand what it is, but it was just like, you know, her, like, like initials plus, like, the year of her birth or something. It was just something stupid like that. <laughs> so anyway, they're in a bunker, her and her family, and she convinces them that she did, in fact, order this from, like, an interstellar eBay, and that they oh, need wait. a... What? Sorry, go ahead. Uh I mean, yeah, so the interstellar eBay, yeah. And then the infomercials, they kept being, like, life pods and, like, all this stuff for, like, survive the end of times by having this stuff from our infomercial. Yeah, and but the two... I have a note here that I don't remember. 
They were talking about something black holes through cell phones? Oh, I have no idea. That was something out there. They were talking about Stephen Hawking's and black holes and maybe the eight ball that fell down that hole at the beginning. Remember she throws it out the window? Yeah, I know. I, I like, wrote that note down, but I don't remember that part, really. <laughs> well, that's because it was just one statement in the, in the, the thing, and, and I didn't fully understand what he was saying. But essentially it was like, well, Stephen Hawking says black holes exist, so why can't a giant eight ball just shoot at us? Yeah. Oh, that's um, weird. But no, wait, there was one other thing. There was the newscast. I don't know if you remember this, but the newscasts on that particular thing where they were talking about the meteorite coming, where there yeah. was like the really depressed one, and then like she had a freak out and like started she was married and then she freaked out. She was married to the other guy. Yeah. And then she freaks out on him and starts hitting him and she and then he's like get off and like throws her like off the stage. <laughs> and then like the attractive weather woman comes over and sits next to him and she's he's like, What are you doing over there? And she's like, I've always wanted to sit here. <laughs> Oh and yeah, he, and he's like much better anyway. You're way hotter than my wife. <laughs> I know that, that. I feel like that one was mostly about the news coverage. Yeah, they did all the infomercials and the news, like different kinds of news coverage and everything. Yeah, it was really funny. And then, um, so then the asteroid comes faster because they try to cancel it. They so they lose electricity, but they have like a a cycle that actually gets power in their little bunker, and. They get back to the alien delivery eBay to stop the delivery on um, of the of the asteroid, and when they hold it to hit stop to to stop it, yeah. uh, the the asteroid stops or whatever. The eight ball stops, and it's an X and an O, and and she's like, hit the X, hit the X. And he's like, but wait, this is in English. How do you know X means like no? She's like, of course it's X, of course it's X, but X means like continue. Like check the box. Yeah. So they hit the X, and then the thing smashes into the Earth. Um, causing massive destruction, and um, then they do like a black to fade to black. Fifteen years later, something happens where the essentially the the eight ball delivery guy shows up at their door, essentially like asking for a signature or something. I don't I don't know. <laughs> and then and then it looks and he's like and they look at in the eight ball this giant eight. Ball, Giant eight balls like in the middle of Seoul, like in this yeah. destruction. And he's like, "Hey, wasn't that where our house was?" And the one guy's like, "Of course, it would be where our house was. We delivered it to our address." <laughs> and then, like, and then, uh, then they're like, "Yeah, that's great." And then they're like, "Do you think people are still alive?" And they're like, "I'm sure." And then they do a big, big kind of pan out of like, yeah. kind of like an overhead view. And then we hear them talking, and they're like, "I think I see other people alive." And then it's fade to black. Piece yeah, of, piece of crap. So that was that movie. So that was that shell. movie, yeah. Or maybe a, a walnut shell, size shell. Yeah, so what, what was your... Uh, oh, you said overall you had some feelings about this film. Uh, well, I mean, the robot one I thought was the most intriguing, but the zombie one was number two, and the eight ball one, I guess you got... I think at that point I was already kind of falling asleep when I watched it too, so uh, I didn't get as much, but I still didn't think it was that cool. I didn't. I didn't get the delivery guy thing, the alien, but, but yeah, no. I am going to give this a six. I This might be this might be a first five and a half. I'm giving lower than you. Five, yeah, I think this is one of the first times. No, 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 because there's some that I liked, and then yeah, it's not the first time. So, oh, what's that average? That's a rough average. It's like 5.75. Alright. So, five we're not supposed to. Uh, 
that's the worst having halves. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Doomsday Book, 5.75. Yeah, all right, so I'll give it a 5 then. But it's still going to be a half. It doesn't matter. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. If you stick with the halves, it's not bad. Okay, 5.5. That's better. Thank you. So, yeah, I, I mean, I thought they were all well-directed. I thought some of the actors... Yeah. There was moments where they were. it was very funny. I think that my main thing that I... I thought it was, like, good, like, visuals. Except for the, the robot in the second part was not that good, I thought. I didn't think it was bad, but I didn't think it was Yeah, bad. it wasn't bad. It just, I don't know. It was kind of clunky. So, let's pick our... I'm, like, I'm a little yawny right now. Um, what's the... Uh, Yon USA. It's about like ninety degrees in this room. I gotta figure something out if we're gonna. Keep I know. Going. Yeah, you need to like figure out your cooling sitch, dog. So I don't want to turn on the fan because I don't want it to. You know, my audio is so pristine. Or pre do it or something. Yeah. So uh, let's. What 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 genre do you want to do for next? I clicked Rotten Tomato, right? Rotten Tomatoes fresh. Last week we did it foreign. Oh yeah. So, instead of the round. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, which one should we do? I don't know. Let's just do Rotten Tomatoes. It's fine. Okay. Uh, I'm pressing the random button. Choose a random title. Hmm. I don't know about this one. 2011. What'd you get? Uh, Goodbye First Love. In this lyrical drama, 15-year-old Camille must deal with her... Devastation when an older boy with whom she's fallen in love leaves to travel through South America. Over the next few years, she grows into a young woman and tries to love again. That sounds super lame. <laughs> well, you're not going to believe what I got. What did you get? I got Godzilla vs. Mothra. What? We need to watch that one. When Tokyo is again threatened by Godzilla, officials believe the key to defeating the mutant may involve a giant moth goddess from a remote island. Two of Mothra's diminutive followers who are looking for the insects missing eggs broker the deal. Oh my gosh. I've actually never watched one of the old Godzillas. So, Have you seen it? I've never, I've never seen an old Godzilla movie either. So Godzilla vs. Mothra. Yeah, for sure. I feel like that's very relevant with Godzilla out and everything. Which, by the way, we didn't mention... Uh, I heard didn't do that well. Well, it did well, just didn't beat Spider-Man. I mean, it didn't beat Captain America, so you won that bet. Ooh. Yeah. It 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 made under it still made like 93 million, but it didn't beat Captain America. I knew it's not that big of a thing. Not not a super. I mean, I guess it's cool, but I don't see the draw on the new ones. I kind of want to see it, but I've heard mixed mixed things. I would just watch it not in the theater, but arguably that would be a movie that would be better in the theater because it's yeah. all... Yeah, that's like one of those see-it-in-the-theater kind of things. I mean, TVs are so big now, it's probably like better to watch it at home anyways. Just put on your Oculus Rift, watch it with that. <laughs> right. Or just like get your iPad really close to your face. We could do that too. But, um... um so, Godzilla vs. Mothra. Do you have anything else you want to cover this week? Hum, hum, hum. I think that's about it. I think we're probably good. We're just right on time, a little over, uh, a little over the tenny ten. 
Yeah, so uh, I think that's it. Let's let's give it a, a call out. Do you have any 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 kind of uh, you want to give a? I'm gonna thank thanks. We have two consistent viewers for the whole show, so thanks yeah. for watching. And thanks, uh, thanks Tom for uh, being our trusty Heineken drinking um, tweeter follower. <laughs> He's a follower. I think that was good. You might have got through maybe two by now. Yeah. <laughs> if there's one thing that can make you drink, it's our show. So, all right, uh, everyone, have a great uh, long holiday weekend, and we'll catch you next Thursday. This is Parlance saying toodaloo. Fresher signing out. Woo!